0: 80% of men on dating apps are deemed to be below average attractiveness by women. 20% are deemed to be attractive, and 4.5% of men are deemed to be so attractive that women will actually pursue them. Is it really harder to date today than it was back then? If you're not exceptionally wealthy, tall, or good-looking, I when women want to cheat, sex manifests. Often men want to cheat and nobody wants to cheat with them. So that's why fewer <laughs> men cheat. So no matter what your mom tells you when your girlfriend cheated on you, she's not going to pay for it in another life. There's no karma. <laughs> she's happy. She's on a gotten in Biscayne. She's <laughs> having a great time with some other dude. She has totally forgotten about you. So what do you have to do? You have to level up. The only thing you need to worry about is...
1: What up, wealth builders? Today, I got a guy who is a performance coach He's also on the dating scene. He's got an amazing podcast that I have been on. I got Michael Sartain. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man, dude? So I gotta, I just have to say. So, who introduced this again? I can't remember, but you were right out there. Um, I
0: think it was at Lisa Song. No, no, it was a uh, hold on. It was. Um no, it was uh Sausnick, one of my good friends. Oh yeah, Adam, Adam Sausnick. Yep. Yeah,
1: Saws. So I had a great podcast with Saws, and then we started talking about like uh, all this red pill stuff. I think. Yeah. And then um he's like, dude, you got to meet my friend Michael. He's coming here right now. I was like, all right. Yeah. And then we met, and then um, you know, we we did your podcast, and you started telling me about your program and everything yeah. you do. And um, it's funny because I've had like a lot of these like, I guess people call them red pill guys, sure, but, like alpha male guys, like yeah. You know, Justin Waller and Saws is like even kind of like in that camp and you and everyone else. Well, I guess I haven't had you on the show, but I've been mm-hmm. on yours. And uh, it's like an interesting world, but it seems like everyone in that world is like, yeah, I'm trying to kind of like move away from that world.
0: So so one of the issues is this, right? Um. If I do content and my content, it talks about how men are delusional because they are writing women on OnlyFans who are not writing them back, or they're actually to, they're actually messaging back and forth with some guy in the Philippines you know, who's an account manager. If I do that and I call them delusional, it doesn't go viral and no one's offended. If I were to say the same thing that 80% of women, 80% women find 80% of men on dating apps to be below average attractiveness. Of course, we know mathematically that cannot be possible, but if they find 80% of, of Uh, Men to be below average attractiveness I think that's delusional And part of the reason why they feel that way Is because women have the ability to left swipe on thousands of men Believing that they actually have the ability To have long-term relationships with these men And it causes a delusional uh, reaction If I were to say that on YouTube It's very offensive And all of a sudden now That goes viral Does that make sense? Yep. So what's happened, unfortunately, is that anytime you make a criticism of either sex, when you do it with men, no one is offended. When you do it against women, people are very offended. And so those people get lumped into this incel red pill community. Which for the most part isn't that bad, but the people at the it, sometimes the commenters on there are very, very toxic. Yeah. And so you get lumped in with them. So a lot of people are like, I want to stay out of that whole arena. Except for Rolo. Rolo, because he's the one who started it twenty years ago. He's not he's not dodging. So I say I'm red pill adjacent. I'm I have <laughs> I have a I have an <laughs> I have an obligation to the truth. And in that, that there's an obligation to objective truth and in that some concepts in red pill follow evolutionary psychology practices, I am I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the funny thing is a lot of people in the intersexual dynamics space, even guys like uh, Alex date psych or uh, this one guy, Mac and Murphy, or even like Chris Williamson, those guys, even though they, they come out and say things against red pill stuff. If you were to say like 1000 red pill beliefs and 1000 beliefs that like say Mac and Murphy have 850 of them, they're going to agree on. That's the thing. It's very close. It just, what happens is there's this, unnecessary misogyny and i'll call it misogyny that doesn't need to be as a part of this what we need to have are objective facts because there's a crisis as far as dating is concerned uh scott uh scott galloway talks about this uh there's another guy richard reeves who talks about this these are academics who talk about this when they do it it doesn't go as viral but when myron says stuff about it because of the (laughs) words he uses (laughs) it comes off as so offensive we're talking about myron Gaines from fresh and fit yeah it's so offensive so this this whole space it's like we want to educate but it gets really toxic but if you all you do is educate then it doesn't go viral but if you say crazy stuff then it does go viral and it's just it becomes this the like catch 22 situation
1: and then the balance of well, saying the truth and it's getting similar it out there. it's similar
0: to what you have to deal with with uh, education as far as real estate right you yeah. do the really basic stuff and what do the real estate agents do like oh that's all ryan pineda knows is the really basic real estate stuff that's the criticism yeah, but yeah it's like no ryan pineda is speaking to an audience that's starting in real estate that's not all he knows he's just teaching the white belts right now yeah that's what's going on. And so you're, you're kind of stuck in this situation where it's like, I want to talk about these advanced concepts, but I'm going to lose my audience. And so you're kind of rewarded for doing things and using images that are more salacious in order to get people's attention. And so there's this balance that you have to find.
1: Yeah. Now that's an interesting point. It's funny because for me, obviously yeah, like real estate's one thing I talk about, but I talk a lot about faith and family and, you know, being a conservative Christian guy And it's funny because the first time I had, um, fresh and fit on people were like, dude, why are you with fresh and fit? Mm. I was like, what do you mean? Like, well, dude, they'd like hate women. They, you know, do this and that. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, they seem pretty cool to me. And like, I'll hang out with anybody. It's like, it doesn't matter to me, you know, if anyone's Christian or not, I'm like, I want to talk to them and learn from them. We don't have to agree on everything. So, you know, like it was a great show. And then I met Justin Waller, who I mentioned, dude, Love the guy. Yes. And we talked a lot about faith and like disagreements and monogamy and other things. And then, uh, you know, we've met and I'm like, dude, love it. Sosnick, same thing. And so my thing is at this point, I'm like, hey, I want to hear what everyone has to say about something. Yeah. If they're being successful, I want to hear how they got successful, why they believe what they believe. And I'll push back on what I maybe disagree with. Actually, yeah, I will always push back on what I disagree with, but I think like people just get in this this mode of, oh, dude, association? Like, dude, you cannot be associated with that type of person.
0: So I was told by people you that you would not want to work with me because of some of the uh, lascivious content that I have, which I don't think it's that lascivious. Bikini competitions are not lascivious. They're yeah. just attractive women. And then I saw you do Fresh and Fit, and I was like, no, I don't think he's as judgmental as you guys are making out. So that's when I reached out to you, and it worked out. Yeah. You, me, Sosnick, and Waller are... Moderate conservatives. Mm -hmm. We're not right wing, outrageously. Like some of the guys on YouTube that are doing really well are like far out to the right. And I'm politically moderate. I'm a moderate conservative because I was a progressive who just kept my morals from 20 years ago. And so now, because the Overton window has shifted to the left and I'm left behind, I'm just a conservative now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if you were a a just moderately liberal person in 1999 you are a conservative now if you have those same beliefs <laughs> there's just no way that is absolutely true yeah. if you if you believe those things so that that's essentially what's happened in the last 20 years uh, is that, you know, the Overton window continues to shift to the left, and then we're, we're left behind there. But I love having conversations with people who will – like, for instance, I I have debates with Destiny sometimes. I like Destiny a lot. He's a, he's a cool guy. Uh, we're acquaintances. We're not friends. Rollo's one of my best friends, and Rollo and Destiny definitely do not get by along.
1: The, by the way, like, half these guys, I still don't even know. Destiny, I, don't, I don't watch the content. Eventually, like, I don't even know who they eventually
0: are. Eventually, you'll see Des- Destiny will come in here. Destiny okay. is – one, he is the only like really progressive guy that I see goes on everyone's show. Most of the time, what you'll find is that conservative content creators like you and me will do anyone's show because we don't have any... I feel like we don't have any holes in our belief system, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't see as anyone... Being beneath us mm-hmm. right I say yes to everyone I've done 500 podcasts probably In the last couple of years I, I was looking <laughs> I was looking at my inner if you guys go on my uh, YouTube channel on interview list It'll say 500 now that includes Red carpet stuff that I've done as well but uh, There's no one I won't say no to What what's found is that on the progressive side of the Political aisle a lot of them see Conservative content creators As beneath them especially if they're Academics mm. and they won't go on their show and Would they so th- think a guy like Jordan Peterson is like that or so they a lot of academics don't respect Jordan Peterson, even though he has a PhD in psychiatry, I believe they don't see they see him as beneath them. And so they won't do that. And so unless you get to Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's the exception, everyone will do Joe Rogan, any academic, <laughs> even if their hard go left, will will do Joe rog- Joe Rogan. But like, uh, Lex Friedman's another example where he's an academician and he's a little bit politically progressive. So anyone will go do his show. But what, what I've seen is the people on the left side of the aisle are less likely to do podcasts and discuss their ideas in an open forum. And the people on the right are always will, willing to do so. And so Destiny is the one exception. He's always willing to debate people on the right side of the aisle, even though he doesn't agree with what they do. And we've actually teamed up where we're on the same side of things. Like, for instance, I think uh, Russia invading Ukraine is one of the biggest military blunders in the last 100 years. I think they're going to pay for it dearly. Once mm. this war is over, India and China is are going to destroy them uh, economically because they're going to realize you don't have any other trading partners. And I think this is going to be a horrible, horrible mess for them. Even if they take Donbass and Crimea, I think it won't, it'll never be worth it for
1: them. How often do you spend your time like looking into like, these topics because for me I'll talk about something that's going on in the world like very sparingly yeah I like will have to feel compelled so like I you know I made stuff about Israel and Palestine because I was just like dude I'm getting like so many crazy about like asking me about this and I'm like I'll just I'll tell you guys what I think and what did
0: you say I'm just curious
1: WealthCon's coming back to Vegas January 8th to the 11th now if you've been to our events you know how epic they are we have the best time not only with just great content, great speakers, but we have a lot of fun with the after parties and the masterminds and everything else. And number one, it's probably the best networking opportunity in the entire game. We have over a thousand investors and entrepreneurs at each one, and this will be no different. In fact, this is gonna be my favorite WealthCon ever. We've got some amazing speakers coming, people like Tim Tebow, Thatch Nguyen, Gabrielle Lyon, the list goes on. It is going to be an epic event, and I wanna see you there. So if you're interested in attending Get your tickets now because they will not last. Go to wealthcon.org and get them today. Everyone knows that my favorite way to build wealth is through real estate investing. That's the reason that I started Wealthy Investor where we've trained thousands of students. But here's the thing. I've noticed that so many people fail to get started in real estate because they're worried about the money. They don't know where they're gonna get the money to buy a house or flip or handle their renovations and things like that. And so they just never get started. I want to change that. And that's why I created a brand new free course that goes over five different ways that you could buy houses without using any of your own money today. And I'm going to give you it completely for free. All you have to do is go to WealthyInvestor.com slash podcast. I've made it specifically for you. The moment you go to that link, you'll be able to go get access to it and learn how you could start buying houses today without any of your own money. And if you're somebody who already has a real estate business and who wants to scale, we want to help you too. You can click the link below and book a free strategy call with our team if that's you. I made a first reel that I don't even know how many views I got now. Yeah. Maybe almost a million. And uh, (laughs) thinking about the hook, I I came out with like a pretty strict hook. Yeah. I was like, dude, if you support Hamas, then you support Hitler. And that was the hook. For sure. And then, um, you know, essentially, I just went down this biblical view. I said, look, you guys think that people, you know, just started
0: fighting in the Middle East? Sure. Like, this isn't new.
1: And you know like, yeah like,
0: literally in the Old Testament the Israelites are told to kill the Canaanites. Guess where the yep. Canaanites are? They're in the place where Palestine is now. Yep. That's what that's they are the descendants of the of that that uh, generation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I just talked about
0: dude this has been happening for
1: thousands
0: yes. and thousands of years. People are like
1: Israel just got that in 1948. And I'm like you're an idiot.
0: Yeah, well, Israelis had been living there before 1948. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like guys, this
1: has been happening for thousands of years. Yeah, and so uh, I went into actual the Bible and how there's this Ishmael and Isaac line and yes. how they've descended and like I'm like, look, and I also prefaced it and I said, look, if you're gonna have an opinion on any type of event or belief, you you have like an underlying belief system which you draw from, like yeah. everyone does. It's either your family and your parents and what they taught you. It's either your religion, it could just be this own belief system from your own experience, and that's like where racism starts of like, oh, I got mistreated by this guy, and I don't like that, right? Where all women are bad because I got rejected. So like you have some underlying belief system. And I said, my underlying belief system is the Bible. That's how I've been raised. That's what I believe to be true. And I measure everything that's going on in the world against that. Yeah, And I said, you want me to tell you what I believe is happening in Israel and Palestine? Well, let's look at the Bible. Oh, weird. It talks about this yeah. conflict happening and that it will keep happening and keep happening. And I said, it will not end until Jesus returns. That's what it says.
0: Yeah. That's what I believe. And that was it. So, so the the issue is with that, like you said before, like a more nuanced way to describe it is one is like the least popular view. And that is basically, this has been, like you said, it's been going on for a long time. There's no real way for them. It's not like if you and I were to debate tax policy, right? If we did debate debate tax policy, there's a common ground because we both understand mathematics. And in the case with Israel and Palestine, because there is a legitimate religious disagreement and most people, I don't know this to be a fact, but I'm guessing most people who live in Palestine do not want just the total eradication of the Israeli state, no. but the people in Hamas do, and unfortunately, yep. they're in charge. Yep. So the easy solution would be remove Hamas from being in charge of Palestine, and they wouldn't have an issue. What I think the issue is, is that uh, these other countries, including Egypt, were getting very cozy and friendly with, they're becoming a little bit more secular, and they were, become, they were starting to have trade agreements with Israel. And once that happens, the conflict was about to end. This is a situation where... This was Palestine's last shot of like invoking a rage on the Arab street, and so that that's why what happened on October seventh happened, and it, it it evokes this rage, and now Israel is now responding in kind, and uh you know there the word genocide has been used several times, but it can't be a genocide, and there's a reason why it's because I listen, I study war, I used to be a U.S. military officer, if Israel wanted to genocide Palestine. They would just do it. There's <laughs> so no, it could be th- done. Now. I just don't think you understand it's M one Abrams tanks and F 15s versus AK 47s. That's not, if, if Israel wanted to actually genocide Palestine, it would take less than three weeks and the whole place would be rubble. That's not a realistic way of explaining it, but you saw Net- Netanyahu is, um, he's negotiating for 50, uh, of the, the hostages, uh, in Palestine to be, uh, returned back to Israel. And in, in that case, you know, this is just an ugly situation. Is Israel partially at, to blame? The answer has to be yes, because if Israel wants to continue to say that Palestine is part of the Israeli state, then you have to take responsibility for your house. If your house keeps getting breaking, broken into and you don't put locks on the doors and eventually at some point it's your fault. Does yep. that make sense? Yep. It's their mess to clean up. At some point they have to take responsibility for what's going on. They have to find a solution. Uh, But at the same time, what happened on October 7th, anyone who stands behind that is utter and complete. That's totally incomplete lunacy. Yeah. If you want a ceasefire, that's fine. But those people who are asking for a ceasefire, you see those people who went to the Capitol and they're like, you know, ceasefire or whatever. Those same people need to be calling for Hamas to be removed as the political party that is the head of state for Palestine. If they if you agree on both of those things, I'm in total agreement with that, Mm -hmm. because the thing what we can't do and as a christian i read the same old testament as you do and i've read the same thing and the, the for those of you who don't know the difference between ishmael and and abraham Ish- abraham is the uh i'm sorry ishmael and uh, isaac 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 is the first born son of his wife yep. and ishmael was is the first born son of his handmaid yep. and so because of that that's why you know that's where the islamic and and judeic faith separate right there at that point mm-hmm. um I do read the same thing, but what you can't do is just say one side is all bad and one side is all good. There's no way you're going to tell me that everyone in Palestine is just bad and everyone in Israel is all good or the other way around. And unfortunately, that's what I'm seeing way too much of on, on, on YouTube. I think yeah. we need to have a little bit more empathy on both sides. Mm-hmm. And it's just very interesting to me that when people come from one place or another, their opinions are totally based on where they are from a socioeconomic group or from a religious stance. And yeah. I just do not as a Protestant from Texas, I have no standing in this whatsoever, but I think we just need to have a little bit more balanced view on what's going on there.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I, this is why I say I like never really talk about those things because like the two reasons are this, you know, number one, doesn't really, for me, anyways, accomplish anything. It doesn't sell like units. It just, it, You're right. It doesn't sell it doesn't, units. It doesn't move units. It, it really it does doesn't, not help the
0: sales team at all. It doesn't do anything. I do flat earth debates. It does not help the sales team at all. <laughs> it doesn't. They, do the anything. sales team was like, "Why are you doing this, <laughs> Zerka again, John Zerka again? Like, why are you doing it?" Yeah. Yep. So you know, it's like, all right, well,
1: what's what's the point of talking about whatever mm-hmm. thing is going? Because like, there's always the next problem. Yeah. In the world, the next news and chaos. So that's one thing, and you know, it, it's just like the second thing is. Even for me, just knowing that, hey, if like the end result is like, hey, how do we get people to Jesus, which is like the eternal goal? Sure. Um, You know, does me talking about this in the way that I'm doing it really going to do it? it? It could or couldn't. But like, you know, it is what it is. So I don't even like bring half the
0: stuff up because sure. it's
1: just like whatever.
0: Yes. But we will go viral because we had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's essentially what that. That's what'll happen because people want to hear everyone else's take on it, and the yeah. more informed you are on it, and the more nuanced your take is, the less viral it goes. That's the irony. <laughs> yeah, of
1: actually, it. I can't poke a hole in that. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, but if the, you
0: say say something outrageous, that they're like, dude, absolutely, yeah. it is one of the funniest things. I had, um, you know, Hermosi, he wears the thing on his nose, right? Yeah, And yeah. then there's the whole mouth tape, the whole hostage tape. I don't know if you've seen. Uh, um, Alex Neist came out with this thing called hostage tape, where he can he he um, it cause you not a mouth to breathe when you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. That is incredibly important to men to learn about that. And incredibly non-viral. Yeah. Like nobody cares about this, but it's incredibly important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's one of the things is like, um, I had Homath math on a couple like yesterday or his, his podcast that comes out today. And he, one of the things he was talking about is social media is a way for you to maintain relevancy. And at the same time continues to bring you down to the lowest form of thinking. So it's a catch 22 (laughs) situation. You keep getting down to the level of like bum fights you know what i'm saying and calling women 304s and like you're down at this level what's a 304 i don't even, 304. even know it's the word ho spelled backwards is 304 <laughs> okay yeah so if you ever watch <laughs> 304 okay. if you watch the live chat for oppression pit it just says 304 like <laughs> that's uh, funny <laughs> but but if you if you do that it so it's one of these things where it's like if i'm a 55 year old man and like i'm divorced and i want to get back into the dating market yeah. i don't know call f- about tiktok i don't know anything about twitter or instagram and in order for me to become relevant again i kind of have to follow these things but when i do it Drags me down to the lowest form of thinking, <laughs> which is why I tell people: be content. Uh, I'm a social media producer. I'm not a social media consumer. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the main things I tell. There's a few people, Lex Friedman. I consume his content. I think this guy's super, uh, um, super educated guy. Uh, Alex Huberman. Alex Huberman. Another guy I follow all the time. So people like that, I will consume their content. For the most part, though, I am a social media producer. I'm not a social media consumer. Yeah, social media is fake, and I'm okay with that because the money's real. <laughs>
1: There we go. I like it. So let's talk about this, right? Uh, I mean, obviously, you're teaching people performance coaching. Mm-hmm. Your and, and look, performance coaching is all aspects of life, right? You're teaching yep. them about health. You're teaching them about leadership. You know, dating, all of that. Um, and what's interesting to me is, and this is kind of like a bias situation where when you bring people on that you know a lot of times share the same belief system you have. You know, it's like, man, I'm always talking to guys who are married and they got kids and you know, all this stuff, right? Yes. So the first time I had, it might've been with fresh and fit and fresh was like, no, you don't get it. The dating world is way different than when you were dating 10 years ago. Yeah. And I was like, bro, like, just take care of yourself. Like, (laughs) you know, as Andrew Tate would say, just be a top G dude. Just like, I don't understand. It's not hard, man. Like just get fit do your stuff, like become charismatic, like serve. There's a lot of ways to become great. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, dude, it ain't that. Think about it. And so like, they started to explain all these reasons why the dating world is so different today and social media and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. And then they started talking about, um, you know, like everyone waiting to get married now. And now like, there's just this weird dynamic with women not being able to find men later on in their careers. Mm. And I was like, Man, these are actually legitimate problems that I'm seeing.
0: Yeah. The average age of first marriage, I believe, has moved up to 30 years old for women. I believe that is the case. James Sexton, the divorce attorney, we're having him on our show. He's going to Joe Rogan, I think, this week. Uh, he, or here pretty soon, uh, he has, he's been updating. He's a friend of mine. He's been updating us on like, some of these divorce statistics. And, um yeah, it's one of these situations where What
1: was it before if it's 30 now? That's pretty Oh, freaking no, like
0: late. In, the, in the 1850s or in the 1950s. <laughs> in the I'm sorry. In the <laughs> 1950s it was probably 22, 23 and now it's 30. It Consistently moves up later and later because women don't need men. I'm mean, that's not a criticism, it's just the truth. Like, legitimately, you can buy a Glock and make three hundred thousand dollars a year as a woman and replace those things that a husband would have given <laughs> you a in, in 1850. in nineteen fifty. <laughs> yeah. okay. I mean, but, like, the thing is that that is disproportional. Like, there's a bunch of things as far as procurement, providing, protecting that women legitimately don't they need, it need men, they, they didn't they have still, the opportunity to have, but they still want men. And when they look for the men they want, they're looking for Jason Momoa and Chris Hemsworth, and that's. <laughs> (laughs) What's unfortunately happening is that they're being inundated with images on social media. It's a combination of being inundated with images of men that are exceedingly good looking or wealthy on social media, combined with on dating apps, them having the ability to left swipe thousands of men. And but
1: don't men have the same problem with porn and all these other things? So
0: porn is the analogy, but the difference is this. With with porn, this is a complete and total fantasy that is screwing up their dopamine. Yes. And so not only- That's a huge problem in yeah, men. So not only are they not getting good with women, they're actually getting worse. Like They're going to have erectile dysfunction or whatever when they get into actual sexual situations. And they're going to see, there's, there's studies that show if you continually show men uh, non-contextualized pictures of attractive women, they start to see their partner is less and less attractive. Yep. That's yep. very dangerous when you consider porn- makes men delusional. Porn is a super big problem. And the reason why porn is so pervasive is because men often, most of the time, look for their validation through sex. Through sex, Women look through their validation through attention. And so because of that, you'll see women will do 6,000 left swipes for every one date they go on on dating apps. They're not going on dating apps to go on dates. They're going on dating apps for validation and it's causing this massive mismatch. 80% of men on dating apps are deemed to be below average attractiveness by women. 20% are deemed to be attractive. And 4.5% of men are deemed to be so attractive that women will actually pursue them. And those 4.5% of men are getting outrageous numbers of options with women. I have some friends of mine that are like this. They have hundreds of, of, of matches. And then I have most of my guy friends they get none. So it's it's a
1: situation of winner take all.
0: (laughs) Yes. But, but because of social media, do you remember you had these mom and pop stores that existed before Amazon, that Amazon all closed out because what happens is Amazon's um, what's it, what's the word? Vertical integration. Amazon's supply chain was so powerful that it outdid every mom and pop store. Amazon was able to get something to you the same day that the mom and pop uh, store was not able to compete with and and on price. Well, and you know, like, for me as i've studied
1: business more and like yep. been in it longer i've realized that tech especially is winner take all yes and people don't realize this this is why these vc companies pump so much money and will lose you're, yeah you're not on 50 different social media apps you're on four yep. maybe five it's winner take exactly. all with everything because you know that was like i you know i was reading the battle of uber and lyft and it was an interesting thing of like uber's burning a billion dollars like a month or something crazy to just get market share yes and people like this is crazy but it's like no it's true because everyone else is going to see how big this market is and you have a window to take it all because there's there's no like everyone's going to use 10 different ride share apps yes it's not going to happen it's winner take all and tech is interesting like that
0: so it's interesting how business people can, seek, can can completely can understand this concept of amazon stepping in and then using their massive economies of scale their vertical integration and their supply chain in order to put all these small mom and pop places out of business so the globalization of your commerce made it so that you just don't even go to the grocery i don't even go to the grocery store anymore i'll just get stuff off amazon fresh so long and i don't feel guilty at all about it last i've not thought about all the businesses that got put out because of this right and all the businesses they bought including zappos and and diapers.com and all these other things that amazon bought we understand that the globalization of e-commerce caused us all to go to uh, amazon we understand that but we don't seem to understand that concept when it comes to dating We don't seem to understand that social media made it so that a small group of men had massive options with women and a large group of men didn't. So when we look at the data- But do you think the inverse is true with women? What do you mean? Like-
1: the, the women are the same, like the, the top, top women have all these men coming after. them. Well,
0: no, all, most women have all these men coming after them. Well, if you well, like women will get thousands of average looking women. If you saw some of the women that I know they get paid $2,000 to go have dinner with men and they don't even have sex with them. And these women are no offense. They're mid, they're not super attractive. Men are <laughs> desperate. So basically what's men are happened, desperate. It was, so what's happened is, and this is where the confusion comes. There's a short-term dating market and a long-term dating market. Yeah, okay. In the short-term dating market, about a third of men don't get to participate. They're just not tall enough, good looking enough, whatever. They're not established. Maybe later on in life, like I certainly wasn't part of this group in my early twenties and I could be in it now, but I'm in a relationship that, that like bottom third you're, of men, you're, you think you're part of the bottom third who doesn't get to participate in the 20, when I was 22, I was. Yeah. And when I, when I was younger, I was horribly made fun of like, I was had tiny little arms and I was just a weirdo. Like I knew there was a lot of things I didn't understand. Now I'm 46 years old. I think now I could, you don't think you could have got one of the weirdo women, but it's not in a short, in a short term context, it would have been harder. Yeah, in a long-term context, things even out. So what you'll the, see the, is the weird women will end up with the weird men. Yeah, correct. In a long-term context, it evens out a little bit more. The problem is there's a new study that came out with the GSS. I'm sure you'll like this. Where women, <laughs> when do you get all these studies? <laughs> huh? All I do is read. I, I read probably 40, 50 books a year, and then Rollo and I are constantly sending each other stats. Okay. And the other thing is there's people who don't like us who try to do counter stats. Fact so we checks. have to we have to fact oh, check. Oh, because you're check. debating so much, and, you yeah, have to like be prepped. Like honestly uh if you want to if you're a physicist if you're watching this right now and you're a physicist and you think you're good at explaining physics debate a flat earther if you do it i promise anyone who studies physics right now if you debated a flat earther or like a real like i'm talking like Witsit or flat earth they like the guys who do it all the time they will i'll bet you any amount of money they will destroy you are you e- a flat earther no of course not <laughs> of course not okay my point is, they will dis- even though they're completely wrong. Yeah, they're completely wrong about everything they're do, saying. Do they
1: believe that they're right?
0: Yeah, they absolutely believe they're right, and they use the Bible in order. They talk about the firmament in the Book of Genesis yep, in yep. order to describe what what we're basically in, like a. a a fishbowl like it's it's ridiculous but the point is if you're a, if you we, i've done this i've had physicists going up against flat earthers and the physicists get destroyed if you you need to practice in order to express your viewpoint in a bulletproof manner yeah and so what i'll do is find people who disagree with me one of the things i wanted to do or really like um Brush up on my physics knowledge is I started debating these flat earthers and it's hard as shit. I gotta do 20, 30 hours of study because I have to debunk all their nonsense <laughs> like, how about is this Van idiot Allen belts. Beating me?
1: I don't understand huh? how I can. Get... you're like, how's this idiot beating me? Like yeah.
0: No, it's one of the, the first, well, I, I I don't think I've ever lost a flat earth debate. Most people will say I've there's two, there's two I've done where people were like really surprised. Like I've I've convinced people in the opposite direction. But when I see normal people go up against flat earthers, they get destroyed. Well, it's the same kind of situation where it's like, I wanna uh, I want to be able to explain my theories on evolution psychology. And if I believe these things then I need to be a, go up against people who don't agree with me. Yeah. And when I go up against them, I need to debunk every single one of their beliefs. Yeah. And usually it's easy to do that now because you can go on TikTok and every one of their beliefs is in a 90 second clip <laughs> and you can just go research it. It's very, yeah. it's actually okay. much easier. These are their top 10 beliefs. Exactly. That's exactly
1: I, right. I've thought about, I've thought about this a lot recently. Um, just being more outspoken about faith yes. and just saying, man, do I really like want to study apologetics and go deep into that section? Because like you said, you got to be able to defend yourself.
0: Yes. But the thing is, while you may uh, study that going up against Richard Dawkins is going to be very difficult. Yeah. Dawkins is an atheist. It's going to be very difficult for you to explain because the thing is, this is the way I explained it. I I don't know if you've seen my clip on this. It did really well, which is that I believe in the resurrection of Christ based on faith, but not on evidence. only doubting Thomas had evidence. He got to see the holes that went through Jesus. The rest of us believe because we read it in a book and we believe on faith. For me, it's a big, pretty big piece of evidence. There's 1.2 billion Christians on the planet. That's a pretty big piece of evidence. But there was also, there were hundreds of people who watched him die at Calvary and and hundreds of people who watched him after the resurrection. To me, those people then spread their word and believed what they believed. To me, that is me believing in Jesus on faith. I do not believe in a literal interpretation of the Old Testament. Like I don't believe God came down and says you know those Jezebites kill them all and take all their virgins. I don't think God did that. I think mm-hmm. what happened is they killed all the Jezebites and then they took their virgins and then afterwards wrote in a book, hey, this is what God told us to do. So for me, I have a a, a belief based on faith in the New Testament and. I believe the Old Testament is somewhat of an interpretation of what people believe. Like, for instance, when it says, go forth and multiply in the book of Genesis, the term billion did not exist in the Aramaic they were writing in. Like, no one had conceived of eight billion people living on the planet. So I think some of it is a bit of a mismatch. But for me, I still believe in physics and I still believe in God. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for me, that's what I would tell Richard Dawkins. I would not say, hey, listen, my belief in God does not uh, preclude me from believing in Homo sapien evolution or the Big Bang. But I think God put those things in order. Like God created those those, uh, God put the four fundamental forces in the universe and God created natural selection. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's how I would, I would do it. But if you have a debate with a, this a scientist, you guys are going to find any common ground. And so there won't really be a debate. I believe because of faith and he believes because of science and there's just no way to, to cross. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: no, that makes sense. So back to the dating scene, you know, you said a third of men are just like, there's short term, there's long term, yeah,
0: short term, or what you would say is an unfamiliar scenario. There's a eight, the, the, what'll happen is there's a few guys who do incredibly well with women and then a lot that don't. So the trick is to get women from an unfamiliar scenario into a, a familiar scenario, in which case now you can let her know that you're funny. You can let her know that you have social alignments. You can let her know that you're charismatic. She can see that you have a deep voice. She can actually look at your autonomic responses. Like, do, like when you talk to a really beautiful woman, do your eyes get big? Does your voice go up an octave? Do your palms start sweating? Do you become very fidgety? If you do these things, she can tell, okay, I'm probably the hottest girl he's ever seen or the hottest girl he could ever be with. That's why he's acting nervous. And then if you're a guy, if, you, if you've seen a guy who's been with like lots of women, when he goes up and talks to a pretty girl, he never looks at her boobs. He's like, yeah, what up? He might call her bro and give her a fist bump. Like it's, he's totally unaffected by her physical attractiveness. And then women find him more attractive. So that's one of the, the cues that happens And in the short term dating market. What happens is a lot of these guys, they don't do that. They're at the bottom. They don't have any social calibration whatsoever. Obviously autism is far more pervasive in men than it is in women. And so because of that, you just see a, a this like bottom third of men that cannot be charismatic they cannot be funny. They're just not tall enough. They just don't have the facial symmetry. They're just not handsome. And, and so for those guys, they're having a hard time. But the, the study that I, I meant to bring up to you before is the GSS does this study where they looked at the average number of sexual partners for women that cheated in a relationship and the average number of sexual partners for men, for women that did not cheat. So before marriage. So they, they did this uh, survey. And uh, I I would have a group of 10 girls there and I would say, do you think that body count matters as far as cheating in a relationship? And of course, all the women are going to say, no, of course it doesn't matter. I can sleep with 50 guys before I'm married. I would never cheat on my husband. And I'm like, so if I did a survey with 7,000 women, what I should find is the women who cheated should have the same previous number of sexual partners as the women who don't cheat, right? Is that what I should find? And if it was 10% more, that would be A little variance. A little variance. If it was 50% more, that would be pretty significant. It is 230% more. (laughs) Women who cheat in relationships have had 230% more sexual partners than women who didn't. That is statistically significant and incredibly offensive, Ryan. If you think about that, if you explain that concept to women, that is horribly offensive. What do you mean? There's actual data that shows that you can't turn a hoe into a housewife? Actual (laughs) data that shows that? That's horribly offensive. You shouldn't be posting that stuff, Michael who hurt you. You're promoting insult culture and hatred towards women. No, I'm not. What I'm doing is telling women that I'm close to maybe having a massive body count before you get married is a bad idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, but like even, uh, (laughs) just
0: without the data, It's just common sense for sure. But, but but if I, but if you say that Ryan though, if you say that it's common sense, they're going to be like, look at this misogynist. I don't really care what they say, but it is common. sense. Yes. But for me now I can speak to the other side because you're not arguing with me anymore. You're arguing with the the general survey study. You're arguing with the GSS. Now that's the problem. You're arguing with the U S census data.
1: Well, I think what happens is it's not even, um, like I'm saying it's common sense, but right. There's always, um, The the study is taking an average of it. any study, right? It's taking the average. And so within an average, there's always people who that's not true for. There's people who it's like extremely true for. And so like, you know, you're going to have everyone only thinking from their subjective point of view of like, yeah, I would have been one of those people that wouldn't have or, you know,
0: Yeah. I could see no, but I, like I'll talk to women who who've who've been with fifty guys, literally were in a marriage, telling me this wasn't true, and they cheated on their husband at the same time. Oh, but well, they yeah. they think like they're it's, well, yeah. I mean, people are delusional. That's yeah. just you know. Sadia Khan, life. she has this one clip that went viral, which basically she was talking to Lewis Howe and she says, "I believe that women cheat more than men, but women don't." admit that it's cheating they're like when a woman cheats it's like no he wasn't validating me so it's not cheating yeah i don't know if that's true but i'm like it's something that i'm looking into the research the research right now is it's well that was actually
1: by the way that line of thinking was my point about back to the israel palestine thing of why i said if you like hamas then you probably like hitler because hitler's justification for the jews was that hey we're oppressed germany has gone through this 10-year cycle you know we can do whatever we want. And all the German people are like, yeah, I'm tired of this. Like They've treated us like crap. Let's roll right now. Not every German believed in it, but they believe
0: in it enough to elect Hitler. Like One of the things that I've had a huge because I've actually debated some white supremacists also on this concept, this idea that Hitler had rebuilt Germany's economy and, and then he was man of the year for time, which is still madness. When you consider if you guys go look it up time, man of the year in 1938 or 39 was out of Hitler, just <laughs> Madness. <laughs> like literally the September of that year, he invades Poland. Just <laughs> madness. When you consider this, they burned down the Reichstag. Just imagine if we had a political figure in this country right now who like, who like, a- I, I, well, actually there is somebody SBF. Uh, which which is this? The Sam bankman Free. Oh
1: yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, like he but, was on like I think he was on time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Time it's... time does it good, dude. Yeah, they 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 can pick winners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, so so he does he does this thing and then he rebuilds their economy by by starting ma- to manufacture all these weapons in order to start a war. That's cheating. And not only is he doing that, he's doing it using money that he's borrowing from other European countries. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. I don't give Adolf Hitler any credit for rebuilding the German economy. Yeah. He did it. It's basically by saying you got big by taking steroids. I'm not giving you credit for that. He's mm-hmm. using other people's money and he's doing it for nefarious reasons in order to launch an attack on but France. And then people
1: say, well the US does the same thing. You know, when we want to stimulate economy, we'll go have a war. We go we're the biggest you know, dealer or buyer of weapons and for sure.
0: But it's still, uh, that's $800 uh, billion and our GDP, our GDP is 23 trillion. Yeah. So it's it's not quite the same portion. And also we're the financial capital of the world. Yeah, So our just fixed equities alone is Trump's whatever military spending is. So I don't think that's that uh, it it definitely is accurate that we do create a lot, but we also sell those arms to other countries, every country of the world. We have, um, we have but four, but
1: but like if we look back into World War One or two, mm-hmm. like that's what got us out of the Great Depression was war.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That, that helped a lot. A manufacturing economy is probably what helped a lot in in that type of situation. Anyway, the point I was trying to make is uh, Adolf Hitler did this thing where it was like the Jews are dumb and they're taking over your banking economy. Like, how can it be both? It can't be both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing is, w- what would happen is. I am totally for those two sides negotiating, but they have to both negotiate in good faith. Basically, I can't say, hey man, let me find a good way for us to exit this deal. And your response is, I agree with you, except you need to die. Like that's do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. I've negotiated
1: with people in bad faith. Well, like who they're negotiating in bad faith. And I'm like, this is never gonna get done. Like you're not even like you don't
0: get it. If I if I'm if I'm part if I'm Netanyahu and I'm I'm negotiating with Hamas, then there has to be, you have to go, hey Hamas what would make you happy in this deal? If the response is the complete destruction of the Israeli state, what's the next step for us? Like, where do we go from here? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. And if you read the charter of Hamas from 1988, it literally says the destruction of the Israeli state. Yeah. How do you negotiate with them? Please, someone stop me. Tell me where I'm wrong here. Andrew Tate went on um, Pierce Morgan two days ago and he goes and he's you know obviously very pro-Palestine and the stuff he's saying isn't wrong, but he's just talking about one side of it. Um, there's an issue that's going on here, but the problem is you have to have two sides that can uh, that can debate in good faith, and in this in this in this case they they cannot. That's it. And the the other thing is that's really problematic is you can't debate in good faith when it's emotion based. Well, what, 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 but again, what is the emotion? The emotion is I believe in Ishmael and you believe in Jacob. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. And because we believe in these two different things, we can't find a common ground. Your belief in Ishmael, for those of you who don't understand, we're talking about the the formation of. Islam versus Judaism. If you, if you believe in that and your own, the only way is it says in your book that the infidel must be crushed. Then how are we supposed to be able to come to some kind of agreement?
1: Yeah. And that's, and I said this before too. It's like, look, the Bible says what it says. The Quran says what it says. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. That's yeah. what the Quran says. You know, granted in the Bible, like the Jews were told to kill certain people yeah. at certain times, but in the new Testament, It went away. Yes, and so it's like we as Christians don't believe that at all. Yeah, right. But that's still in the Quran. Yeah, we don't have to exterminate the Muslims. Like that—that's not a thing.
0: That's not correct.
1: But that's in the Quran.
0: To get rid of those, to get rid of the infidels, and it's and you're willing to you are allowed to lie to the infidels and say whatever you need yeah. to say. So my only point is this: like I want to go. Neg- that when you ask for the ceasefire, that's fine, but don't ask for the ceasefire so that you can build up your forces and then attack again. Right. If you ask for the ceasefire, once you ask for the ceasefire, the next thing you need to do is say, "Hey, maybe." Hamas attacking on October 7th was the problem. Therefore, let's remove Hamas from our leadership so that this doesn't happen again and we can work on a better solution, which might include taking some of those areas of Israel and annexing them into Jordan and other countries so that we just don't do this anymore. (laughs) You ever think about that? Like if, if it's bad enough, then like let's, you know, it's just one of these things where Israel has the right to defend themselves, and so does Palestine. They have the right to defend themselves, too. But it's it's outrageous for people to think that they shouldn't. You know, the same thing in, in Ukraine. I was telling my friends this the other day. I'm not from... New Mexico. If Mexico invaded New Mexico, I would go enlist right back into the military and I would do everything I can to protect U.S. citizens in New Mexico. That makes sense to me. For some reason, it doesn't make sense in other places in the world. It's rational for people to behave in this way on both sides. So let's have empathy for both sides and then let's try to negotiate in good faith. But we can't if I'm trying to find a solution and you're trying to kill me. That's my point.
1: Yep. No, you're right. You're right. So back to. Just this idea of <laughs> somehow we keep talking about dating, and then it goes back to like Israel and Palestine. No, you know, yeah, here's, yeah. Here,
0: here's what it is: everything we've talked about here is objective truth versus feelings. That's it. that's essentially what, yeah, yeah, what yeah. happens. Okay, an objective truth is you have biases, and I have biases, and our biases are based on how we grew up, and our stimulus, and our genetics. Yeah, yeah, that's where our our, our biases come from. If we understand these biases, the first place we can start from is I don't hate you. Yep. And your beliefs are not based because you're a bad person. They're based on stimulus that you received before I ever met you. Yep. And so from that point, we can find a common ground. That's the same in dating, the same in Ukraine, the same in Israel, the same in intersexual dynamics, the same with economics, all these different things. You have to figure out why people are motivated to do those, the things they are
1: doing. When, when I'm thinking about this as you're talking, I start to think about even in the dating scene or whatever, because like I base basically, I guess the, debate we're having is that is it really harder to date today than it was you know back then right if you're not exceptionally wealthy tall or good-looking I think it is yeah because like I'm just thinking about other aspects of life where things get harder and it's like okay we, we use the Amazon example and that's one extreme example of like it's legitimately winner take all yes everyone else is done okay that's the extreme then you start to think about other aspects of business and life, and you're like, okay, like in sports, yeah, the teams that spend the most, like they're gonna do well. They're, duo, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna do better than teams that don't.
0: Go, okay. go Rangers. Go
1: Rangers. They look, Perfect. Dude, they just freaking cranked. They spent half a billion dollars, dollars. to
0: Simeon and Seager. And, and, the and next it paid off. You know, then go, they, and, buy
1: DeGrom, and I, they buy DeGrom. They don't even need them. And they still win. I've been win.
0: watching Rangers for 30, 40 years. And I just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a rich guy buys the team and wants <laughs> to spend money. And we win That's a World it. Series. Exactly. So, like,
1: all right. That is what it is. Um, in business, in social media, you know, it, it goes back to the 80-20 rule. Like, the 80-20 rule... The dude figured it out a long time ago and he's like, yeah. Man, this is weird. Like, it seems like 20% of the people own 80% yeah, of the stuff. Yeah,
0: fractals of the Pareto principle. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then you see it in time, you see it in business, and you're like, Yeah, I could guarantee you that 20% of the real estate investors own 80% of the city. You know, yeah, and, and like
0: and 20% of the real estate agents
1: are doing 80% yeah, of the sales. Exactly. And then social media, right? The statistic of social media, you're like, Hey, I'm not a consumer, I'm a producer. Well, the stat is 99% of people on social media consume from content from the 1%. So like this idea of 80-20 or the extreme cases of 1%, 99%, um, they've been around for a long time. 80-20 rule has been around a long time and I you, you could trace it back to that. There's never been like this equality thing of whatever. Now people are saying like, okay middle class is gone. Cause that would have been like that thing of like, Hey, we're all kind of in the middle class. Yeah. There's not like this gap. Um, and I don't know if that's true or not, but like what I do know is elite people in any industry or thing, dating, sports, business, faith, whatever, right. They always stand out. The cream always rises of to course. the top and you know, everyone else isn't really close. That's like, that's just the way it is. Um, and then they just kind of like get by. They find a partner. They find a spouse. They, to me, it's just, that's life always. I don't think it has to do with social media. I think that the cream rises to the top even better with technology and everything else. Yes.
0: Yeah, so you, what you're saying is hypergamy is a natural state for humans. Hypergamy meaning women choosing a small group of men up at the top, always trying to get that top guy, the Jason Momoa, the, the Chris Hemsworth. Well, but like, break. It,
1: let's just take social media out of it. Like when, I was growing up. Right. I came up um, in high school when MySpace was coming out. So like social media wasn't around when you're in high school. But with even that right in the local high school level, there's hierarchy. Yes, of course. You know, there's the jocks.
0: There's the guys. Yeah. Quarterback of the football team dating the the head cheerleader and and cheating and cheating on him, cheating on her with a couple other girls. Like the
1: nerds, they're out of it. Right. So like social media didn't cause that. That was always no, no, there, right,
0: for, for sure. So the, we would call that hypergamy. That's the the term where that comes from. The eighty okay. twenty rule when it comes to dating in a short term context. The th- the difference though is the globalization. Like we talked about with Amazon, the globalization of a dating market meaning there is no Vegas dating market anymore. The hottest girls in Vegas get flown to Dubai. Oh, I or get that. They get offered. So because of that, what's happened is while in the long term you might be you might be a dude who's a six who da- who marries a girl who's a six. The problem is that six was at Bolzerian's house and the Maxim party. And he was at, she was at the playboy mansion and she reached out to her favorite athlete on the Mavericks and but, then ended up sleeping with him. And by the time she gets to you, is she? she's got 230% more sexual partners than the girls who didn't cheat. Well, that's the point I'm making.
1: I think, and this is like, I would have no data. This is I, everything yeah. I use is common sense. Sure. That's, that's just my thing. Like, Oh yeah. She slept with a lot of guys. Of course she has like a higher likelihood of cheating. I don't even need data to see it. Like it's common sense. Yeah. So like, and same way, by the way, same thing as a dude. Yeah. Men, men, around, men
0: do cheat more when they have more sexual yeah, like partners, but it's, it's not for the same reason. It's not one gender or the but, other. <laughs> but, but They cheat They cheat more when they have more sexual partners before marriage because their ability to have sex with more women existed. So like, say you, oh, a woman marries the drummer for a huge band and he had hundreds of yeah, sexual yeah. partners before they married. When they're married, he still has the options with those women. When women want to cheat, sex manifests. Often men want to cheat and nobody wants to cheat with them. So that's why fewer men
1: cheat. (laughs) That's why the
0: two men cheating versus women cheating are numbers that should not be compared to each other because they they have nothing to do with each other.
1: Yeah. So basically where I'm getting at is like, you're saying, oh, well, the six is like, you know, whatever. And I'm just kind of thinking, all right, let's look big picture here. Okay. If I think if I have this preconceived idea that the cream always rises to the top Mm -hmm. and at the time let's say the cream is in high school. And so it's local dude. I don't know who the other hot girls in other high schools are like you're shielded from it. You're just in your own little local bubble. Okay. Then you get into college and like, there's more people in college and whatever. Right. So then again, the cream rises to the top in Mm -hmm. college, especially there's now there's only one quarterback of this college of like all the best, prospects right then there's one quarterback of the nfl team. dude
0: i was talking to a girl in college and she told chris sims the quarterback for the texas longhorns at the time uh-huh. he works for espn now yeah he totally just stole this girl from me yeah chris sims like exactly. it was, so exactly. like the, cream the quarterback rises to the of the top. football team Lo- literally did that to me yes
1: exactly locally right and yeah. so i think social media to your point did create a globalization but to me it didn't like change the dynamic at all because mm-hmm. it's just like Well, hey, now the cream has to we have to now compete globally because it would used to be like, hey, if Ryan, um, let's just say, has a real estate program and like I didn't have social media. And so I was a local celebrity and, you know, I did my thing. Now people have options. It's not like anyone here in Vegas. They don't have to do my program. They can do any number of global programs. And so now instead of just being the man locally, I have to compete globally. Yes. And I saw this play out in sports. When it was like, oh, I go from high school to being the best in high school to, hey, I'm in college now. These guys are all the best. Oh yeah. crap! Now I have to go to the pros, where it's not even about the U.S. anymore. I got the Dominicans, yes. I got the the Japanese, and so like it's it, it it's like to me the same thing as social media. You it, finally everything came to a head mm. of global globalization and true competition, best of the best. And so now I'm like, well, dude, if somebody's truly a six not even talking about dating, but just like a level six person in whatever thing you're doing. Um, If they have to go compete now globally, well, yeah, they're going to get crushed
0: Yes, because especially in the short term, (sighs) unfamiliar sense. Yeah, they're getting crushed.
1: Yep. And the people who are eights, nines and tens. I mean, dude, they still have a way tougher time. Now
0: they they have a tougher time. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be eights, nines and tens for long. It's just going to be nines and tens. Then it's just going to be tens.
1: I agree. And that's like what, you know, it happened. But, Basically, all the other people still exist. It's just like to stand out becomes harder and harder and harder because of globalization.
0: Andrew Tate exists and became popular because that bottom third of men were not being heard by anyone, including academia. And you guys, if you don't agree with me, go listen to Richard Reeves on my podcast. He said Andrew Tate was because us in academia were not willing to have a conversation about the men being left behind. (laughs) But I think
1: those people were always left behind that's my point. Uh, I, I think know. if you were in the bottom third of men, social media did not change no, I, anything. I, I, like you were I think, always I think in the 19, struggling.
0: I think in the 1950s <laughs> you would talk to a girl who lived across the street from you. You would probably marry someone who was around your same socioeconomic class. You guys would have kids together that was a lower divorce rate. No, I, I think the lack of options caused the short-term dating market to be way, like guys who would be in the bottom third or the bottom quartile of men at least got married. I think that was a difference. Now it's like, I believe for women, it's six out of every one thousand, six in every 1000 women are getting married now it's crazy low numbers of marriage uh, that are that are going but, but on
1: but then i would bring up the other point of okay is this actually like a social media? Because we're basically saying social media is the big reason why. Like,
0: yeah, we have numbers. there's one there's one data that shows the number of the, the men with zero sexual partners, uh, going up to like 2008. At 2008, I believe it's like I want to say 14 or 16 percent of men have had zero sexual partners in the last year, and that climbs up to 28 percent in 2018. What happened in 2008? The Facebook app on the iPhone. What I, all the way, and then that's when all the dating apps came. Okay. And what it did was it caused a great a small group of men to get all these options, and a large group of men to get none.
1: Or it caused these guys not to get none, but just they themselves deem themselves less worthy. They had for money. sure they're, like, they're like checking they, out. Yeah, they're just quitting. They're like this game's too hard to play. I'm out.
0: Chris Williamson just did one. Uh, he did a video talking about why have 50 percent of men dropped out of the dating market.
1: That's my point. Yes, I don't. I I think they just quit. They're like, I don't want to play this game. It's hard,
0: right? Yeah. And, it's and, harder. And the think, game's harder. And think about the ways they can de- delude themselves: pornography, oh, online video yeah, that, games.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's my point. They're yeah. lazy. They they're like, oh, I can go get my fix over here when that used to not be a thing. Yes, right. I also think that um, the goal change right because like you just did something interesting was at first we were talking about marriage when it was like yeah well marriage is the goal in the 1950s like, yes we get married and we do our thing mm-hmm. and then it became sexual partners because for many marriage is not the thing now sure the desire and the goal of marriage is not what it was 50 years ago yeah. so now it's like all right well now we just changed how you even score in the game and so it's now like to me i don't know i think men are lazy i think uh any of these bottom third guys, they could become just fine. I think that if you have just one trait that's exceptional, you'll be good. Agree. You could be super jacked. You could be super wealthy. You could be super charismatic. You'd be the ugliest, funniest dude ever and do well. Like, I don't think you need
0: to have it all. Yeah. We're talking about two sides of the same coin. The the socioeconomic situation could be correct, which I like, for instance, I said in the short term, I believe there is no more middle class for men. Like basically you're doing awesome or you're having a hard time. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, What's happened though is like, that's what my program is. Men of action is, and it's also um, what what I saw was this crisis in dating. And I was like, these guys here, here, let me, let me do this for you you guys at the bottom who don't get it, no one's going to teach it to you. No matter what, it's not going to be off forums or Reddit sites or whatever. What I'm going to do is I'm going to interview the guys who do get it, and then I'm going to pass that information down along to you. And one of the big pieces of information was that you are treated very poorly as a man if you're in an unfamiliar environment, but you're, you're treated pretty equitably if you're in a familiar environment. So it seems to me like what you should do as a man is if you're in that bottom third, is try to get as many women as you can into a familiar environment. So I literally teach a course that teaches you social circle meaning? How do I throw charity events and different types of pageants, competitions, contests, uh, theme parties, birthday party, whatever? Throw these events where uh, you know uh, open houses for real estate, whatever. Yeah do these events where now women get to see you in a familiar environment instead mm. of an unfamiliar so you quit losing to Brock the bartender and Vincent the, the <laughs> VIP the host <laughs> and Steve the male stripper you keep losing to him instead because you get the woman into a familiar environment instead of an unfamiliar environment you now you get treated more equitably so that's what I teach in the Men of Action program when it comes to dating I mean I, I'm a yeah. performance coach I teach a lot of military stuff but that's the one thing from an evolutionary psychology standpoint, because there's this one glitch that that's there for men, and it's called this the mate choice copying uh, thing or sexy sons hypothesis, and that's the concept of men who have men who women like more women like. Meaning, there's several situations where if you're a guy and you're seen to be attractive. By several women, then even more women want to date you. And they, not only do they show this with Homo sapiens, they do it with other forms of animals. So they'll take geese and they'll actually put stuffed animal geese next to the male ones, and more females want to breed with that male mm. because they see the.
1: It's uh, like having compliance. followers. It's yes. just.
0: Having followers get you more followers. The herd mentality. Correct. The guy, a guy who has a million followers, for him to get ten thousand new followers is not that big of a deal. Whereas a guy with ten thousand to get another ten thousand is huge. Yeah. So as you have more, you will get more. Same thing with um. What uh, Fifty Cent he talked about when I had no money, nobody wanted to loan me shit. When I had my first million in the bank, I showed it to a bank. They wanted to loan me three million right after <laughs> I did that. Right? It's yeah. the same. It's the same situation here. So that's one of the things the rich that get I noticed richer. for that's, sure. So what, One yeah. thing I started explaining to my guys is like, if you, what, the crazy thing will happen is I can't make you taller. I can't help you get in better shape. I can't change your facial structure, the color of your eyes or what ethnicity you are. But what I can do is get, is to show images on a regular basis on social media of you getting compliance from women and attractive women following you, even if you're not sleeping with them. And when you do that, magically, you're going to notice that a lot more women, women are going to stop flaking on you. And a lot more women are going to want to go on dates with you. And every one of my guys have tried it. And every one of them told me that it works. Some of them take it too far. How many
1: men are like having just... Hot girls follow them And like the girls Are looking at their like that. I have that? 700
0: clients uh, yeah. Right now Active clients And That one's interesting The, the vast majority of them Will say that it happens well, it, By the way It's not a conscious thing What'll happen is A girl will have Several hundred men To choose from And then she'll see This one guy's Instagram And she'll be like Wait this girl's really hot And I follow her And she follows this guy And this girl's really hot And she follows And they might even Go into followers And they'll go into That thing called mutual That little button That, that uh-huh. little tab That says mutual friends On Instagram Is a cheap code how how do you get these guys to get hot girls to follow them uh you throw events where uh there's a couple things you would throw events where you would invite these girls so it'd be maxim party teatro party like different events like that and you would invite them to these events and i teach completely from start to finish how guys can are able to do this and also by putting constant like constantly putting very relevant competent entertaining stuff on your social media like i but even before they're building their personal brand for sure. Building a personal brand. <laughs> if You're watching this show. My
1: guess is you're probably an entrepreneur who's trying to grow your business. And for me, the best thing I ever did to grow my business was build my personal brand on social media. It's allowed me to get more revenue. It's allowed me to raise more capital and it's allowed me to hire better talent. And if you are not currently creating content for your brand, you're missing out and your competition is so if you want to learn to grow, my advice is to create a podcast. Now, there's a lot that goes into building a podcast and why I believe it's the best way. So I've actually created a free training that I want you to go check out. If you go to panadamedia.com podcast, you can go access the free training right now and see how a podcast is going to be the best decision to grow your personal brand today. So go check it out
0: by clicking the link below and I'll see you in the training. Like memes, like funny memes, and you'll have like super hot girls sending you like laughing emojis. If you do that enough times and then she starts following you or you make a funny video with you, you guys, right now, I'll, I'll give you a glitch. Go up to the most beautiful woman you've ever seen walking through Beverly Hills. Walk up to her and be like, hey, will you make a funny TikTok with me? I don't care who you are. She will probably say yes. Mm -hmm. it's one of the weirdest things in the world because women want attention like men want sex and so when you use that attention economy to leverage in order to get more women to be in your ecosystem what happens is now you're the guy who shows up to a party with 10 girls and now even though you may have nothing but plutonic friendships with those 10 girls the girls who are at the party are like who the is this guy who just walked in with ten girls? <laughs> Not only that, every real estate agent, accountant, politician, or whatever is like, "Who is this guy who just walked into my party I, uh, with ten girls?" It, and they give, a, dude, if I if you never met me and I showed up to like an open house or one of your events, if I showed up to WealthCon, and it was me with twelve beautiful I, women behind I feel me. Like, what is going on with this guy? I absolutely did that to Ty Lopez one time. I showed up to one of his his speeches with like twelve beautiful girls, but when as soon as he got done, he wasn't trying to do no Q and A. He came over like, "Hey, what's going on, brother? What's, the, what's happening here?" <laughs> it's just one of the it's a cheat code. So having beautiful women in your life, if being a married man, a single man in any situation, it just makes things better. And this is another thing I, 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 t- I tell my guys. Ratio is very important. When you go to most self-help conferences is ninety nine percent men. Yep, it is. What I do is my events. All I tell guys is try to get the ratio even. And so if I have several different things to choose from and you're like, yeah, whenever I go to Michael Sartain's events, there's just like pretty girls there. It's like, I'm not trying to date them, but I just enjoy that there's hot women at all of his events. You're just, it's this <laughs> weird thing that happens psychologically where it's this cheat code. I'll, I'll give you a best example. You know, the Hamptons every summer, there's these parties with billionaires that are out there, right? Mm-hmm. Every summer they do that. There's a book by Ashley Meir. She's a professor of of sociology from boston university she goes undercover as a bottle rat for like two years Uh right she's just basically a club girl and writes about it for a phd thesis she does it and she one of the things she expresses that is that the men who went from party to party in the hamptons where these are the highest net worth individuals maybe in the entire country he said that there was one thing that got you into every party what do you think that was
1: Having hot girls, having hot
0: girls. Wow, you even remember uh, that one guy bringing the hot, money doesn't matter. Yes, that one guy bringing the hot girl to uh Jordan Belfort's party that's how he meets his wife. Remember that? He's having a party in the Hamptons and that's where he meets his wife. Mm. Um, that type of situation is like having hot girls gives you access. Having hot girls when, makes, when you
1: said that, it made me think of a different Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Um, catch me if you can, yeah, where he walks into the airport as the pilot and he's yes. got like 10 stewardess
0: with him he just yeah. like walking through everyone's like
1: what is going on with yeah. this
0: guy yeah <laughs> so funny. it is one of the weirdest things and it, by the way At no point have I mentioned about dating or this being sexual in any way whatsoever. For whatever reason- It's a status thing. It is just a status thing. It absolutely is. Women showing compliance to a man is a status thing to women and to men. It makes, for whatever reason, it has helped me fantastically as far as networking is concerned, and it makes women attracted to you. It is a function of evolutionary psychology. If you do not believe me, if you're like, this is misogynistic and I don't believe anything, look up mate choice copying.
1: You know, we talked about how like women are waiting until they're thirty. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know what is the statistic similar to men. I yeah, would so like it's uh, it's
0: twenty nine and thirty, and I or yeah. thirty and thirty one, and I forget. I think men thirty one and women thirty. I believe that's what James Sexton said last time I talked to him.
1: Okay, so what's the epidemic now when these men are like in their thirties? Um, because so pro- you said it evens out over time. Yeah, like at problem, some point the they prob- find the somewhere.
0: problem is the high divorce rate. So like fewer people want to participate in divorce and the, uh, in marriage, and then divorce is, be, gets. A, you know 56% divorce rate that means something's wrong if you had a 56% default rate but people were taking <laughs> no loans out no one's giving out, me a loan <laughs> yeah no one's giving you a loan like for some, for some reason that seems to work if you were to ask someone if you were to ask an attorney what is the single biggest financial agreement me as a man I'm going to get into in my entire life marriage. is in my house or my car it is your marriage yep. and yet you are far more informed on the financial details of your car and your house than you are in your marriage in your marriage you will get married with no education no prenup no nothing and I recommend people go speak to a divorce attorney before they get married so that it helps them stay married I also think this is going to be really well, controversial most people get married broke though so for sure. like
1: a prenup ain't. Yeah, for, a lot
0: of people do yeah, yeah. But here's, here's another thing I will say this <laughs> um, I think prenups will help marriages stay together in a lot of cases. Very similar to how you'll see in neighborhoods where people have fences and there's like dual gun ownership that you have the lowest level of crime because people like, no, no one's going to rob us. It's like, we have boundaries. I think when people have boundaries, like they understand the boundaries of the world. you have boundaries, your wife doesn't cheat on you. You don't yeah. cheat on your wife. That is a boundary. No matter what people yeah. say, you have boundaries in your relationship. Oh, we for sure right. If your wife's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know, assalamu alaikum. I've converted to Islam. Yeah. This is a problem, honey. Yeah. We yeah. got to yeah. deal with this. That's a boundary. Yeah. Having those boundaries helps a relationship. Having it like, where there is no incentive for someone to break out of the relationship through a prenup, the prenup should de-incentivize both parties from divorcing. Or both, the, the prenup should de-incentivize both parties from cheating. If you do that, I think that can actually help the situation. Um, and so that that's where there's a problem. It's like men are now getting married at 30 and they're getting married to women who don't really want them, who are mm. like settling, uh, Cheryl Sandberg. She had the quote is like, Hey, when you're young, date them all date, the hot guy and the fun guy. But when you're older, date, the date, the guy who thinks that taking out the trash is sexy or whatever. And it's like, bro, I'm supposed to wait while you run through all these dudes. And then when I'm 30, I'm going to settle down with you after you've been through all yeah. these, after you've rock the bartender i'm like i'm not gonna fucking wait that's crazy and so the thing is if you believe men should wait then there is no crisis but the da- but the divorce rate is skyrocketing do you know is there a divorce
1: rate statistic for if you get married in your 20s versus 30s yes yeah, so time?
0: it's 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 higher divorce rate between 20 and 25 it lowers between 25 and 32 and then after 32 it goes back up interesting yeah yeah. And it's, it's, it's not a huge,
1: it's not it just, like it, it's, it just doesn't matter.
0: Divorce in general is pretty prevalent with all marriages, but oh, there's another interesting statistic. This is one that really pisses people off. So there's a 56% divorce rate and 80% of divorces are initiated by women. So whenever, 80%, 80%. So when I 70 to 80%, whenever wow. I talk to women about this, they're, 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 obvious next reaction is, well, of course, because it's the men's fault. The men do this, the men do that, the men do whatever. And I'm like, okay, what if we ran an experiment where we controlled for men? So a, a way to do that would be to look at same sex couples, gay men and lesbian women, what is their divorce rate? So what should happen is if it's men's fault is that homosexual men should get divorced at a higher rate than, than lesbian women. And the opposite is true. Lesbians get divorced at twice the rate that homosexual men do. So when women don't even have men to blame, they are leaving marriages faster than men are. That's That shows that there is an issue. Where does that issue come from? I personally believe it is stimulus, that it comes from the incredible amount of options that women believe they have from social media and from dating do apps. Do you think that my opinion would be
1: women are more emotional than men? Sure. And when you're emotional, you make emotional decisions? Yes
0: you also make things up. You also like you, you looked over there at a car and there was a girl standing by it. And your wife's like, why are you looking at that girl? And you're like, I wasn't, it's like, why are you lying to me? I was like, I'm not lying to you. I wasn't even looking at her. That kind of thing where it's just made up. That may be more prevalent in lesbian relationships than in homosexual relationships, which is part of the reason why that's just a theory while that's happened. I've definitely been in relationships before where a woman feels something and now she makes, she starts, my my theory would be just emotions. Like I just
1: think for sure you just make, spur-of-the-moment decisions when you're emotional right
0: but but what you wouldn't see though then is a decline in marriage and then a 56 percent divorce rate if that was something that what the the problem is there's issues that always happen but then when social media came out these issues got exacerbated and the exacerbation is because of the social media Mm. that's the point and i agree with you i
1: think that 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 part has gone up because of discontent of thinking like this is what the ideal life is i see this guy or this girl and you know everything looks perfect on social media and my life is not like yeah so it's social media has made comparison or comparing you know this thing that now is causing more um whatever dissatisfaction with your life when it's just in general, there's more dissatisfaction. Yes, of course.
0: Yeah. Because we don't have gratitude because we don't live in a survival scenario anymore. You have gratitude because I mean, I like I saw your your sales team is right next to your office. I do the same thing. My say One of my sales guys lives with me. Right? <laughs> yeah. My next door neighbor. Two more sales guys live over there. Yep. I have, I'm so grateful that I'm changing their lives too. And I'm so grateful when guys come back to me and like, Hey man, you changed my life. You've really helped me a lot. There's a lot of people in our situations that would be like, all of my needs are cared for. And I'm just dissatisfied with life. You'll see that like a great example would be the, the, um, Charlie Sheen situation, highest paid actor on television. Everyone thinks you're good looking. Everyone thinks you're funny. And you're literally playing yourself on TV. Like (laughs) think about the amazing validation you get from that, where you win awards and you're getting paid more than everyone else. So what do you do? Do you show gratitude or no? Do you go have unprotected sex with porn stars and smoke crack until you get AIDS? That's what he actually did. That's a complete and total lack of gratitude for your situation. And so we, you know, some people have gratitude. If you do so, then you're good. But for a lot of people, it's like, I don't know why I'm depressed. I'm like, well, you didn't hunt for food today. You just pushed a button and then food showed up. You You want to know something
1: interesting? I I agree with that with the gratitude thing. Well, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, which is ironic about this whole gratitude thing. Um, but I've been doing my morning routine for about seven or eight years now. And (laughs) in part of that, it's writing three things I'm grateful for. And I used to think it was voodoo. I'm like, dude, I ain't doing that. Like, this affirmation stuff is stupid. And I just started doing it eight years ago. And sure enough, you know, every day I've done it without missing a beat. And like, you just realize every day you're like, man, man. uh, Yeah. Do I have problems for sure? But you just write things you're grateful for. And so then I started to implement this into my company two months ago. I said, Hey, every day at 9am, every team is having their own morning meeting, and you're going to run it the same way I run, like basically my morning routine. Everyone's going to come around and share something they're grateful for in the team meeting. That's the first thing we're going to start with. After that, we're going to go like shout somebody out like who did a great job and who's, you know, whatever, right? Exemplifying our core values. From there, we're going to go talk about the agenda for the day. Hey, here's what we're trying to accomplish as a team. Let's get ready. And then we're going to end in prayer. And that's just now what we do takes 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and it has changed everything so significantly in great ways. But like one of the things is it's caused some people to leave. Interesting. Yeah. And then some people, to well stay. actually not some, anyone else who has stayed is like, dude, this is so good.
0: Yeah. That, that is the best. If, if people have problems with gratitude, there's a couple things I always tell them before the year 1850, half the earth's population died before the age of five. But there was a point. Right now, you are you are living on a planet where half of the Earth's population lives on less than one dollar a day. There is points uh, during the Spanish flu; sixty million people died of that pandemic. There's before nineteen thirty seven. There were no broad spectrum antibiotics, so if you like cut your arm, you might have to have your arm taken off. <laughs> you want to be grateful. Be grateful. You live in this time. That is that should be enough gratitude for yeah. you. You live in North America, but social media makes it hard. Isn't it crazy? When you consider half the Earth's population lives on one dollar a day right now, yeah. When you actually, if you spend some time, go to the Congo or go to Managua and in, uh, in Peru, it go spend some time in those places, and you will absolutely come back with unbelievable levels of gratitude. You just don't even understand, like living in poverty in this country, you still have better medical care than the King of England did in the 17th century.
1: Like, you just, you just, <laughs> you're if, more, you have a better life than the King for sure.
0: It's it just the level of gratitude. Like again, right now, I have limitless information now some of it could be fake but i have limitless information <laughs> that i, I have can limitless just, stats yeah. i could
1: throw stat for sure you're like ty lopez that that, that yeah. guy well, will that, that, ty, the, that's
0: why me and ty get along so much that, that guy's a walking statistic yeah he is right the uh so the thing with um with with this like i have unlimited amounts of information like all the data ever compiled throughout human history i could just look it up right now right and i can here's the other thing thing you want a gratitude how about this the works of the, most, of the greatest minds of all time, you can buy each one of their works on Audible for $12 mm-hmm. and listen to them while you're in your car. You can listen to them at 1.5 speed or double speed. You can listen to the greatest minds of all time while you're in your car for one credit, which is like $12.
1: And the new greatest minds of today yes. are just making
0: content to tell you oh no you can get their content for free on no i YouTube. know but it's just it's it's yeah. up to date today and listen to that at double speed i listen to all your stuff at double speed like it's yeah. it's you the, your ability to procure incredible amounts of data and live a comfortable life if you have if you have a problem with gratitude man just consider that like life was suffering like a hundred years ago horrible and when you consider your you belong to a species that's two hundred thousand years old and just in the last i don't know 50 years things have been kind of good that's i mean the the concept that you even have the freedom and here's the other thing consider this you and i if we were talking to a young kid 20 22 years old and you're like what can i do to become wealthy think of all the options we could give him think of all the different ways he could make money and live an incredible lifestyle like think of all the great weight now think about the same kid grows up in des moines in 1921 what the is he gonna do? He's gonna be a <laughs> farmer. That's it. That's all he's got. Yeah, bro. The le- like the, th- the problem. The problem that happens is if you really consider all the incredible ways you have to succeed right now, you'll be incredibly grateful. But if all you do is look at the Lamborghini you don't own on Instagram, you're not gonna be grateful. Yeah, you're gonna feel horrible. It's gonna make you feel terrible.
1: I think. I think it all just goes back to as humans. We are always going to find whatever the problem is with, like, the great thing, right? Because to your point, the guy in Iowa, you know, he's being a farmer. Yeah. That's it, right? Now, you would think that that's a negative thing, but the pro to that is this dude don't have to, like, wrestle with decision. Like, he's going to be a farmer. Yes. He he knows his path, and he's going to do it. He's probably happier. Yeah. And today people are like, well, dude, Ryan, you said I should do real estate. This guy says I trade stocks. This guy says I should create a personal brand. And like, they're all super confused. That is the number one thing I see with these yes. young entrepreneurs is they are so confused on what path to take because they see all these paths. Yes. And then guess what? They try to take one path. And the problem is, guess what? You don't get instant success. Yes. You have to like stay with the
0: path. And
1: so they don't have instant success. And they're like, well, dude, he had instant success. I'm. The path
0: is wrong. It real estate can't do, be do, it. Do you remember points building this business you have where you experience explosive growth and just like this was so exciting and you can't you kind of can't go back and ever experience that again? Like firsts, do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yep, yep. First time you hit seven figures. Yeah, yeah. First time you hit eight. When you those firsts, you can't go back. Isn't it like if you think of somebody who's going on that journey, who's like 10 years behind you, like I'm actually jealous for those people. I'm like, man, I wish I could go back and do those things it's like again. seeing a movie for yes, the first time, bro. And I wish I could go back and like un, I wish I could forget Moby Dick and uh, Catch-22 and some of my favorite novels of all time. I wish I could unforget, uh, unremember all of Game of Thrones so I could reread the whole thing again <laughs> for the first time. Right. The, but those guys get to th- go through that journey. So for you and me looking at those guys like, man sky's the limit. When people know what we know, but they're 21 years old, I'm so jealous of them, man. They have so much that they're going to do so many mistakes they're not going to make that we made. And so when I look at that, I'm like, the journey, you should have gratitude for the journey. And these people don't. They're like, well, I tried this one thing and it didn't work. Like, wasn't that awesome? You got to fail faster. That's so great. Like, for me, I look at this, the journey that I'm on and I'm just so grateful for the journey that I get to go on on the way to success. When you look at it like that, you just realize that it, it's a function of perspective. They're I was peop- going to, I was going to say that. Yeah. It's a fun. So the, if you ever met, so I grew Gratitude up in Texas is
1: all based on perspective.
0: I grew up in Texas and I would meet these families and clearly they were illegal immigrants living in the, in the country. Children were born in the U S so they were, they like go to high school with me and I meet their parents and their parents were illegal. And they were so much happier than my rich friends. They were happier mm-hmm. and it's just like if they can be happy and you have all this and you're unhappy, that makes people even more depressed when they think yeah. about it, right? But I want you to consider like Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain got to travel the world and talk to a- incredible people and eat in unbelievable meals with just the most fascinating people in history. And he killed himself in a like $20,000 a night suite in Paris, France. He hung himself. When you consider like how incredibly awesome Anthony Bourdain's life was for him to take his own life, you understand that gratitude and happiness is simply a function of perspective It's like, it's one of the main modules we teach in my course is, is this whole thing. And then from there you can have gratitude and still be ambitious. Like when I see someone doing better than me, it's not an emotional reaction. It's like, okay, now I'm excited. You you watch basketball at all? Yep. You know, Victor Wembanyama. Yep. Like he's he's a he's incredible. He's seven four. The kid's killing it. He's like he's doing really well, but he's not a first team All NBA yet. When somebody beats his ass, when they look, because the Spurs are losing like left and right, do you think he looks at these other guys and, like, man, that sucks? Kevin Durant's so much better than me. Or do you think in his mind he's like, I can't wait to whip his ass? Yep. That's what he thinking. He knows he's part of the process. He knows he's part of the process and he knows he's going to beat their I – And mean, some guys are like Luka, like come out of the box and they're already killing everyone. But some guys are like Victor Weminyama and, and they, like they already know. And everyone else in the league looks at him and they're like, dude, you're going to kill all of us. Yeah. We, you're going to dominate this entire yep. league. And so that's the type of situation. Whenever I see someone doing better than me, like I learned so much from watching Wes Watson and you and Brad Lee and watching uh, Ryan Stuman and watching uh, uh, Dan Fleischman and watching Bilzerian. Like I learned so much from watching you guys, and all of you are doing fantastic. And at no point do I think, man, my life sucks. Like, like Wes Watson's on his like fourth Phantom now. Like, <laughs> like, like damn, bro, and he's got a house in San Diego and one in he's got another one in Miami. No, all I'm thinking of is, man, if Wes can do this, yep. dude, Wes went to jail for 10 years for attempted murder, and if <laughs> Wes can do this, bro, and I'm, I'm, I'm out there doing burpees every day, <laughs> and I said, I'll do burpees, I'll send it to Wes or whatever, and it's just like, and then I think about the gratitude, like, I can just text Wes Watson. How f- awesome is that? Like, I can just, I can just text Ty Lopez whenever I want. That's, mm-hmm. that's incredible. You text Alex Ramosi. Like, that's incredible, man. I could just, like, if I have a question about some things, like, I can just text Bolzarian. Like I could just like, that's an incredible thing. I have so much gratitude for my situation and compared to you guys, I'm like down here and I'm still incredibly grateful for it. Mm. And so that's the thing. If you have that perspective, it's just so much easier. Your life, you're so much happier and the journey is fun. Yeah. And then the thing is what you'll find is that like when you have the eight figure bank account, you're not that much happier. Yeah. You aren't, but that struggle on the way up was so much fun. Yeah. And so just, just appreciate that on the way up.
1: Yeah. And I would say too, I mean, even for, a guy like you, you're obviously already still killing it. Right. So, I mean, like to give context, your business, you guys are doing over half a million bucks a month mm-hmm. and people will be like, well, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, you're, you're not these guys or that guy, but you're still killing it. I would love to be you. Right. 18
0: months ago, we were doing $40,000 a month. Now we're doing, but still even then 600, we're doing $600,000 a month. Yeah.
1: But now. even then at 40,000 a month, people will be like, bro, that's yeah. insane. Right. So it's always, but, but who says that perspective? Yes. You know, it depends on your perspective. And I think that, um, I kind of just got fed up when I started seeing ungratefulness, um, in my own company and just around me. And I just finally reached the point. I'm like, bro, you have no idea how good you have it or what you have. Dude, a
0: lack of gratitude is a disease that spreads like cancer. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, but the problem is. When you have, when you're put into a situation young and you don't ever get the perspective of Mm. what it like actually really supposed to be like, you just assume this is what it is. Right. And, you know, you have success young and whatever else. And that's usually those types of people are the ones that struggle because at some point they get punched in the face later on and then they got to figure out what they're really made of. Right. And for me, I I always use my baseball story because it's like, dude, I was making 1200 bucks a month. Mm. For eight years pursuing a dream. Did, have you ever done that? Have you ever like yeah. been willing to go for a dream for twelve hundred bucks a month and then it didn't work? I mean, it gives you perspective on, sure. hey, this is more than the money. This is about the dream. Yeah. And I can say it because that's what it was, right? And then, you know, you have perspective on, oh man, well, like I'm making money now. This is cool. Yeah. But it was never about the money. It was about the journey, like you said, but even for you, like, you know, you're in the military and like you talk to military guys, they have the same thing. I didn't, I wasn't out killing people. I don't have that perspective, right? I have the perspective of sports and how hard that is. You have a totally different perspective on like violence and life and fighting and everything that I don't have. And then, so for you, it's like, when you look at people who are soft, you're just like, bro, (laughs) you're complaining over this thing. That's just so, I can't even comprehend how you would think that it's acceptable to complain over this. Yeah,
0: like listen to Wes Watson talk about it. Like when you thought like, that's why he got so popular is because he was telling these stories when he was at his low points in prison. Yeah. And then he comes out and you see how fantastic, like Wes I think is now doing over 3 million a month, 90% profit with no phone sales team. That is, (laughs) Crazy, bro. Yeah, and it, like, dude, he's doing at, like NFL starting quarterback numbers now, bro. That is crazy. Yeah, and so when you see you like West killing it like that, and then you, if you ever read the messages, he'll tell his his clients, dude, you're a fat bitch. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, get in the gym. <laughs> I so West to me. What's really great is if you ever have a client, like I'm a performance coach. If I have a client who really doesn't give him self permission, I make him watch two Wes Watson videos a day. <laughs> that is his requirement. And then I ask him the question. I'm like, if we got into a situation where we're in a social situation, are you taking Wes's girl or is Wes taking your girl? What do you think? What do you think's going on? If we're in prison, is Wes the one getting jumped or are you the one getting jumped? Ask yourself that question because I got news for you. No matter how special you think of yourself, the world is constantly judging you on your physique, the way you talk, the way you handle yourself. No matter what you think, like you should see these um, studies where they, they, they interview people who mug like muggers. And they'll they'll go over different profiles like would you mug this guy versus this guy, and the mugger will see the overweight guy with his knees locked out, walking like a duck, and he'll be like, I'm definitely mugging this guy for yeah. sure. He'll see the guy with the ball fade who like has a, a V shaped torso and looks like he was in the military. He's like, There's no f-ing way I'm <laughs> mugging this guy, right? You're constantly being judged on it. It's not fair. There are no special snowflakes. No matter what your mom tells you, when your girlfriend cheated on you, she's not going to pay for it in another life, and she's there's no karma. <laughs> she's gonna she's happy. She's on a yacht in Biscayne. She's having a great time with some other dude. She has totally forgotten about you. So what do you have to do? You have to level up. The only thing you need to worry about is bench press max, more money in your bank account. <laughs> Did you read 50 books this year? You understand what I'm saying? Did you improve yourself? That's the only thing that you need to worry about. And you need to be grateful for the fact that you have two arms and two legs that allow you to work and do. you have you have the, the ability of sight. You can read books. and Even if you don't have sight, you can listen to audiobooks. There's so much gratitude that you should have for the situation that you can put yourself in. And in doing so Man, you get to experience so much great life. Like I am so happy when I talk to, like I said, my clients who are just starting out, and they're just like, "Hey, man, you know, I put, I, I did this things you said, and now all of a sudden, like, I'm dating a girl in my dreams." And then, then they'll hit me up and be like, "Hey, Michael, what do you do when you throw an event, and all of a sudden, like, hot girls are, like grabbing you and trying to make out with you in public?" And I'm like, and I stop them I'm like do you understand what you just asked me? <laughs> do you remember when you first came to this program and you're like, I can't meet anyone. And now you're asking me, what do you do when women try to make out with you in public? Yeah. Like stop for a second before I give you this answer and consider how much your life has changed. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, and they're like the, 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 the problems they have. I'm like, consider your problems 18 months ago, exactly. how much worse they were. Exactly. Right. It's like, no, it's like, Michael, I have a problem. Like I have too many leads now in my company that come through and like, want to do my program. Like, how do you manage your time? I'm like stop for a second you have too many leads bro yeah think about what you're saying uh, yeah. to yourself these problems these um these first world problems that we have I don't know which car
1: to drive today yeah
0: I don't exactly bro I just don't know it's like <laughs> I try to put this girl in the friend zone but she still wants to sleep with me what do I do I'm like what are you talking about bro it's crazy yeah yeah that's that's one of the issues but gratitude man it's such a, a it's such a winner and the other thing is ingratitude does not allow you to learn from other people right? So if you don't have gratitude, if you can't humble yourself, then when you go talk to somebody else, you're like, I'm, there's nothing I can learn from them. Like I can learn from anybody. There's there's lessons to be learned from any. It doesn't mean you have to adopt everything that they do, but that you can definitely learn from people. And you won't be able to do that if you have no gratitude. If you if you cannot humble yourself, finding mentors was the single best piece of advice I ever learned from Ty Lopez. Finding mentors. And so that's what I do. And then becoming a mentor for someone else and teaching them the thing that you learned, then it codifies in your mind and then you can teach it forever. You've got that piece of information forever. And that's what my course is. My course is 25 years of lessons that I've learned from all these incredible people I've met, businesses that I've started and successes and failures that I've had in all these different ventures, including dating uh, where I've done pretty outrageously well in those, even in in those different areas, I take all these things and then I teach them to you so that you don't have to make the mistakes that I made. You should learn from mistakes, but you don't have to learn from your own mistakes. You can learn from other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've tried to do. I, this, my program is the program I wish someone would have given me 20 years ago. That's Mm -hmm. the best way to describe it. Like, how do you perform better as a networker? How do you perform better as a leader, as a communicator, as a, as an attractive person to the opposite sex? How are you able to do those things? And then we base everything we do in science. Mm. We go look for literature that, 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 uh, we look for literature that supports our theories. Mm.
1: You know, it's interesting. You get me just thinking about, um, just like, uh, I mean, obviously you're, you're talking about performance coaching and everything now. And we, back in the day, right? Like when I think about, I don't know, I don't even know the best way to say it, but like this, this mindset coaching and everything, like w- whether it was Tony Robbins or, zig ziglar or like kind of these guys of like man that used to be a thing that um it seemed like that was all there was right like you know you'd have that seminar and this and then like people would go to it like
0: zig ziglar was not teaching amazon fba you're right like they weren't there weren't like actual tangible techniques it was just the way you thought about yourself exactly it was all
1: mindset based and then um you know today right there's just this variety of mentors and coaches Mm -hmm. you could choose from it's like hey You know, obviously Tony's still around, but like Tony's not on social media like doing he's so rich yeah he's so yeah.
0: you guys yeah. don't understand he's so rich bro yeah he's like, so rich that he talks about you and now you're rich that's how rich he is yeah he's so rich he lets you speak on his stage now you're rich that's that is a level of abundance we can, i don't care what you think about tony robbins i know several people that said that he's changed their life that dude is like you're like you're so famous that i talked to you and now you're famous that's how yep. famous he is yep
1: i yeah i had um nick nick on who uh speaks on all of his stages nick now. To the Sasso? yeah yeah and he was just telling me about behind the scenes and everything and how great it is but it's interesting right because like that was the way to find a mentor and change your life and now once again you know the the internet has made information free and so you can now you know get all this great information the problem is when everything's free you don't know what to believe because now there's
0: just yeah
1: this guy tells me this i I don't know man so testimonials. like testimonials yeah testimonials and, well not even that it's just still like assume everyone's legit how do i pick right Mm. and so it goes back to what we said earlier of like if there was only just tony robbins and zig ziglar yeah it's easy oh yeah you just go to his thing and then now with options it causes confusion dilemma of choice yes and it's like it goes back to why do i love chick-fil-a in and out i know exactly what i'm gonna get i hate going to a restaurant a hundred page menu. I'm like, dude, cheesecake factory. I ain't going there. Right. But you tell me like, Hey dude, just go there. They have like three special. Actually, you know what my favorite place is when it's just like, um, an omakase or I forget what they call it just like in the French places, but it's just like, no, it's, it's the chef's. It's the 10 the course. chef meal. tells you what's gonna It's happen. A 10 course yeah. meal. You don't get a choice. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. That's what I want.
0: Yeah, it's so great. The dilemma of choice is definitely an issue. That's one of the things that, if you guys remember, there were several different forms of iPods and iPhones when they first came out. And then steve jobs when he took over the second time uh he took over yeah. apple he got rid of it now there's like three iphones you can buy there used to be so many different types of macbooks and now there's like there's two remember there used to be three screen sizes for macbooks now there's only two it's like a 15 and a 17 I'm like that's it so like they've changed that they get rid of the dilemma of choice usually about three is about where you should stop so if you look at my course there's three different packages you can buy the high the medium and yeah. the low and that's that's probably the best way to do it and people can make decisions once you get to like 25 choices now it's like hey man i I'll come back later. I got to do some research. I don't really know yeah, which yeah. one I, exactly. th- I want to do. And that, and that makes it kind of difficult. So yeah, definitely the the dilemma of choices is, is definitely a big one. But yeah, man. Um, yeah. I think a lot of this, the, the, these distractions just take you away from your purpose and from gratitude. And like that, that is probably, I mean, man, I just, I think about the fact that uh, like my father was killed by a drunk driver when I, when I was 29 years old. Wow. And and I just think about the fact that this is such a crazy way to think of it, but it was like, I got to forgive the woman who killed him, and I'm grateful for that. And I got my father till I was 29. Some people lose their dad when they're eight. Right. Some people never get to meet him. They never even had a dad. Yes. And so I've just nothing but gratitude for the things that he left me intellectually. There's a lot that I take from my dad. And so that's a level of gratitude. And man, you think about that, man, how in the world can you be grateful in a situation like that? But it's so much better way of living life. You have an abundance mentality. You humble yourself so you can learn from other people. You have the ability to find mentors. Other people like to work with people who are grateful. And that's the thing that happens. I do this all the time. When we hit a hundred K a month, the first person I text was um, Dan Fleischman. Dan and I have no financial arrangement whatsoever. And I said, Dan, I want to let you know I made a hundred uh, K a month because you introduced me to all these people, including Brad. Uh, that helped me and I copied what they did and I got to hundred K a month. So I just want to say I'm grateful for what you did. We have, I have them taken his course. We have no financial affiliation whatsoever, but I absolutely credit Dan Fleischman for a, like a, a ton of the stuff that I did. And Dan was really appreciative of it. Yeah. And that's the thing I do. I try to, I, I try to do that as much as I can is to attribute, is a, something you learn in leadership studies is to attribute as much credit as you can to other people. I'm the CEO of my company. I don't need any more credit. I get paid well. I don't yeah. need any more credit. Yeah. You guys pay me really well. I don't need you to you yeah. can keep the credit. I give as much credit as I can. We have this one guy, he's he's probably watching right now, Joe in Mosul, Iraq. He's the one who uh he he uh, does a bunch of my uh um uh, uh, cover photos for my YouTube. do You know how many people hire some dude from Nigeria or Namibia or whatever, and they just don't even know what the dude's name is. Yeah. No, bro. I'm so grateful. This guy, we have another guy in Nigeria who's kicking ass for us. I have another guy who we just started working for us from Mexico. And I'm like, so impressed with these people and i try to attribute as much success i try to attribute as much success and credit to these people as possible and that makes people want to work with you yep you know what i'm saying because you have gratitude for for what it is that they they brought into your life so well i think too just with
1: the the gratitude thing it's like grateful people are grateful no matter the circumstance mm-hmm. right whether they're going through a great time or a tough time like you you you'll, i don't know any successful people that ever like looked at it and they're like man, dude, poor me, like, I'm just doing this, and, like, the world's coming after, like, the victim mentality. Everyone I know is successful is like, man, dude, yeah, it's hard, but I'm glad I'm going through it because XYZ happened, and I learned this and that, and that person's out of my life now, and, like, it's great. Yeah. They're always looking at the positive side of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, but... Doing so and not being naive at the same time. Yeah. That's no, they the still, they're, they're not delusional. Still not still not being naive is very important. Yeah. Like use, having gratitude but not being satisfied,
1: mm-hmm. right? You're
0: not satisfied but you're motivated. Yeah. Because other people are doing well. That's also, you still have to be, uh, like there's, I have friends of mine that like, I really like them as friends, but I'm not going to do business with them because I know better. It's like, <laughs> Oh really? Like, you know, the VIP host who's like, trying to like get the, the, because he's friends with billionaires. He like actually thinks he's like one step away from being a billionaire. Yeah. Like, no bro. Like your NFT scam, please save it for the next person. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not interested in investing. So you can still be, you know, uh, discerning yeah. and skeptical, but you can also still look for the, 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 you know, look for the best part of things, man. I'm just so grateful for my life. Look, you and I, we get to talk on camera and make a living from it. We mm-hmm. are not day laborers living in, you know, like at a Walmart in San Antonio, trying to get, you know, work, do lay in two by fours in concrete. We, uh, we're, we get to talk on camera for, that is so unbelievable. But even the day laborers, it's like, Hey, think
1: about it. Many of them are illegals. They came from Mexico. Yes. And, like, and
0: they're grateful for the situation. Yeah. They're, they're,
1: in. they're like, dude, this is great. This yeah. is way better than what I had.
0: Yes. And it, it is, it is just a function of perspective. Yep. Yeah. That's like again, again, um, What's his face? Uh, Henry VIII, right? Richest man in the world died of like gout. And it's just like things that could have been easily cured today ends up killing him, you know? Uh, And then you think of like um, Stephen Hawking had motor neuron disorder. He had been born even 50 years prior. He'd be dead. He would have not been one of the greatest physicists of all time. But because he was born when he was born, he was able to get the medical care he needed to live a long life and to come up with incredible theories. So like, that's another thing. I know one other thing I want to tell you, none of you have an excuse because you talked about Nick before, one of the things I do that actually just destroys my clients sometimes is when they start giving me excuses and I start showing them Nick santonastaso yeah. I'm like, dude, this dude is driving a Ferrari, dating a hot girl, and he's missing two legs and an arm. You need to politely and respectfully shut the fuck up. Are you out of your mind? Bro, look at this. this he was born with hand heart syndrome, yep. and he has nothing but gratitude, and yep. we all look up to him for the, the incredible things he was able to do or you have no excuse. If you ever have a client who has a problem with gratitude, I show them Nick Nastasso, and bro, like they're all, they're crying from guilt for feeling a lack of gratitude because they looked at how, how somebody was able to overcome something like that. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. And then the other part that's even crazier is when people say, I don't have a cool story like um, Ryan Stewman and Wes Watson. I didn't go to jail. I'm like, <laughs> they went to jail and you see it as a, as a flex as like an advantage for them. Like how crazy, like how <laughs> (laughs) ungrateful or the fact you didn't go to jail. It just, it's, it's crazy. I grew up in a good family. I grew up in a good family. I don't have a cool story like them. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? It's just so nuts, man. It really is crazy. All right. Rob a bank and you know, we'll be good. Bro. And that (laughs) happens to some of those people again, Wolf of wall street. That's another thing. Oh, there's another thing I want to just talk about real quick. And that is like people giving themselves a lack of permission. You live in a country where a guy went to jail for 15 months for securities fraud there's a movie made about him where he punches his wife in the stomach and kidnaps his own kid but all we say is i'm not leaving you know we love the wolf of wall street now but when you think about it in a vacuum his his life should be over he should be humiliated but we everyone's trying to get on his podcast one of the biggest sales trainers in the world we live in a country where a man a porn star while his wife was pregnant and he got elected president of the united states we live in a country where a man transitioned to become a woman killed someone in a car accident while she was probably drunk and afterwards ran over a second person was named woman of the year four months later look it up if you don't believe me we live in a country is this, Caitlyn jenner yes okay. caitlin jenner did this we live-, even <laughs> we live we live in a country we live in a country where a dude allegedly stabbed his wife and another dude 56 times O.J. Simpson. And now people are trying to do fantasy football uh, videos with him and women are trying to make TikToks with him left and right. Like no one pays for anything anymore. There are no consequences. You saw that woman in the uh, was the 75th district. I forgot what it was. She almost won a political office. Uh, I forget. I forget if she was a state representative, and she her campaign money came from her having sex with her husband on OnlyFans. You see this? No. Yeah, a woman on OnlyFans like well, came very clear, like one percentage point away from getting elected to a, uh, a political <laughs> office. I'm not trying to say this because the world is good, because that's not good. Oh, th- think of Cardi B. Cardi B got famous from telling stories about ro- being a prostitute, robbing her clients. Mm-hmm. She did. Go read. Go listen to some of the stuff she was talking about. The reason why I bring that up is because now you have people who probably have spoken to you before when you're psyched, you need to build a brand. No, Ryan, I'm kind of afraid if I'm on social media too much that the people in my industry won't respect me anymore. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, did you just hear all the examples I gave of people who did horrible things or crazy things and no one is making them pay for anything? Do you understand? Like no one is making them, there's no consequences for their action. So why can't you post this meme? (laughs) <laughs> yeah why can't you post like direct a camera video where you'd say to express your opinion on something yeah if you support hamas you're supporting hitler like again yeah. you're not going to lose any business because of that well you might there's there's maybe a few people <laughs> yeah but you're probably not gonna lose a lot of business because of that and it's yeah. going to go up and up and up and then the extreme example is like grant cardone That grant like was flooding the market with his content with his advertisement to the point where bradley was like hey man, I see you every five seconds. You're kind of ruining the brand. I'm going to have to unfollow you. And, and uh, Grant Cardone's was like, you don't even buy anyway and then just hangs the phone <laughs> up on him, like, and then, and then, Grant Cardone's a billionaire. Yeah, he's a billionaire, dude. Like, say whatever you want, oh, Ty Lopez. I see his ads all the time. Here I am in my garage, and and there's a Lamborghini behind him. But like, he just he bought Pier One in Radio Shack. Did, Ty Lopez has so much money. Like, you have to ask yourself the the question is like, you don't want to give yourself permission because you think that if you say the wrong thing, you're going to pay for it. And my point is, no one makes you pay for anything. That the, the dude. Um, What's his name? Mark Furman. The, you remember the officer in the OJ Simpson trial? Mm-mm. Uh, well, forget him Oliver uh, North. He was a colonel in the uh, U.S. Army who was in charge of the Iran Contra affair. Basically, he was selling arms to the, uh, I believe, the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. or Whatever, it's a huge scandal. And then he became a contributor for Fox News afterwards. Like it doesn't matter what you <laughs> nobody do cares. if you're famous, nobody cares. Like consider this: you, uh, you probably know some venture capitalists, right? Mm-hmm. Who could get in front of big time venture capitalists faster? You, me, or Logan Paul? Logan Paul. But Logan Paul's not in venture capital. Why would Logan Paul be able to get in front of VC people faster than us? He has attention. Because he has attention. Because status is status is status. That's the actual answer. Yeah. It it was uh it was actually um I was with uh, Dan Fleischman one time, and we were having a conversation, and I was concerned at the time because this huge controversy had come over Andrew Tate. Andrew had just been canceled on all these different platforms, and Andrew and I had planned to do an interview, and I still plan on interviewing him uh, at some point in the future. Andrew and I would text back and forth, and I was like, hey, man, I know that if I interview Andrew Tate, like my friends, like Emily Sears, maybe Abigail Rochford, like Lindsay Palos, they're going to be furious with me if I interview him, and, and Dan was like, no, you got to do it. You have to do it like it doesn't matter. There's a conversation being had or do you want to be a part of this conversation or do you not want to be a part of the conversation? Yeah, and and it's just one of these things where you just get over it. And then he 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 he, he told me he was like, you just need to do the thing that gets you more attention and then you can help more people that way. It was even well f- Hermosi said that.
1: Yeah, and my other part of this too is if like somebody is so mad that I just was with somebody mm-hmm. then like, I don't know that we're friends. Like it just, For sure. it is what it is. The
0: fresh and fit thing. I, I I imagine with your, like the, your audience that, that, that you would have got a lot of pushback.
1: Well, I'm talking about like my personal friends oh, right yeah, now. Yeah. So like anyone following me, whatever, like that we're not, if I don't have a relationship with them, yeah. like cool. I mean, they're free to do whatever they want. But like, if I was to say, Hey, my personal friend is like so offended because I was just interviewing somebody. I don't know that they would be my friend anyway. Like yeah. a real friend.
0: Um, a lot of times in my meetings, we ask like, "Would Bradley do this?" Would Bradley do this? (laughs) Would Bradley do this? Me and Brad get into heated arguments about stuff. Uh, I'm going on his show later, and um, we get into big time arguments about stuff, and we're still friends afterwards. He took me to the Canelo fight recently, and it's just one of these things where like, dude, let me tell you something right now. If 10 years from now, if I die and I'm and I'm where Brad Lee is right now, I'm going to be a happy man. If I'm <laughs> Brad Lee, bro, I'm happy. Wife loves me, huge company, everyone, like he gets uh, pat, flying all over the country to speak at everyone. If I'm Brad Lee in 10 years, bro, I'm the happiest dude in the world. I would yeah. be so grateful to be him. Um, And I still love my life, but I'm just saying like, I see these people where they are and I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, man, if I get even a portion of that, I'd be the happiest dude in the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I strive for.
1: Side note for anyone wondering, Brad is actually uh, (laughs) it's funny because I've got a lot of friends in the industry and Brad's actually one of my top. I would say Brad's in my top three favorite people. Um, And you're like, really, you guys are like very different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a lot of reasons why he cracks me up and he's funny. But we've done a lot of things behind the scenes, like play. Well, cause he lives here too. So that helps. But like, you know, play golf. Like he, I was on the golf course and he was like, Hey dude, you know, we're speaking at this event together in Dallas. Uh, you want to just get a private jet? He's like, I'm already like booking it and everything. Like I might even let you sell a couple tickets on it. We'll like have a mastermind. I'm like, well, dude, I was going to fly spirit there. So yeah, I'll, I think I'll, I'll go on the private jet too. And he's like, all right, sweet. And then boom, you know, we, we do the private jet there and back him and I, and we had a blast with a bunch of people and stuff. And anytime I call him up, I'm like, Hey, I'm having an event. I want you to speak. It's done. Like he's just always there for whatever. And also too, the thing that I like about guys like him and you is there's no agenda or insecurity because I have a lot of people in the space who are very insecure, who are very egotistical. And they're still great guys, but it just it, it just is what it is. Right. I'll talk so much crap to Brad or whoever. It doesn't matter. I'm like, bro, say whatever you want. I don't care because it just doesn't matter to me. And he's the same way.
0: Yeah, it's great. Like an abundance mentality. That's yeah. actually what he has. He has like he's not where you would think about it. If you thought about this in a vacuum, like you, me, Stuman, Fleischman, Wes Watson, Brad Lee, even Justin Waller, aren't we competing? We're not, though. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not competing. Like, I think we'll like, we're actually creating an eco structure full of like people who give guidance, who are actually, um, who are giving worthwhile guidance. Yeah. You're getting your money's worth. And so we created this eco structure to where if somebody wants to buy stuff on real estate, they want to buy instruction, real estate, they should go talk to Ryan Pineda. They should do this. Look at the testimonials. Look at how much he's been able to accomplish. That's the thing that's just so great is I don't see any of it as, uh, insecurity. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I see it as motivation. No, hundred no? percent. Yeah.
1: Well, bro, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's always good chatting it up and, uh, guys I'll link to, um, Michael's program down below. Also link to the episode him and I did on his yes. channel and definitely check it out. And man, I'm just, uh, I'm grateful to have a good conversation
0: with you today before Thanksgiving, man. I believe it, man. I love it, man. I'm, I'm really happy to have become on the show, man. I, this is really, really great. I love this studio that you, the way you have everything set up. And I met your uh, assistant; he's yeah. awesome. And this whole thing, man. You of all those guys, I think you're probably the most organized out of all of them. I don't think that's hard to do knowing them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you actually have an office. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate the compliment. Yeah,
1: but I don't know that it's that like impressive <laughs> compared to them. Most
0: of them don't even go to an
1: office. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm smoking cigars in my Lamborghini. Yeah, I, I appreciate the compliment yeah, though. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, guys, make sure you subscribe and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. A lot of people don't even really know what the War Room is. Not only is it
0: the greatest network in the world, but it's also like a finishing school for a man to fully develop. You know, We talk about style, stocks, making money, your relationship with your girl. Most people believe